Hey everyone, I'm Veronica Roshek, and I'm your host of the Amplify Iowa podcast. This is a place to hear the stories of our favorite, some of the fastest growing, and some super unique local businesses directly from their leaders. Thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and get started. Today we have a very delicious guest on the Amplify Iowa podcast. We have with us Christina Moffitt. She is the founder of Creme Cupcake in Des Moines. They are a well-known dessert staple, and if you've ever been to a wonderful event or maybe you have visited their location on Ingersoll, um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So Christina, thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of this. We really, really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, if you could just go ahead and tell us a little bit about exactly how CREM started. Sure. So in uh, 2010, I uh, was in the corporate field like many people, but coming out of post-recession, I was in an architecture firm as a director. And as you know, like building everything ceased after the recession. And most people actually in my story think that I lost my job, but what I did was I actually chose to bake very sweet things and take them in the office to raise office morale. And little did I know that would turn into a really sweet journey for me. So in 2010, I filed for my LLC to just start this uh, side gig hobby baking business to fulfill my soul. And by January of 2011, it blew up into a full-time business where I left my career and started in a commercial kitchen uh, doing catering and events. That is so awesome. It's always good to hear when it starts as something that you really, really enjoy and then it becomes such a big part of your life and something you can really create and make profitable. That's so awesome. It's such a fun place and a great environment there as well. And the desserts are always so pretty um, in addition to tasting really good. So really, really like that. If you could, being someone that is in the food industry right now, hate to talk about, you know, just the, the taboo pandemic, but it is what it is right now. And what are you guys doing to be able to sustain during this crazy time? Yeah, so it's it's been, I mean, we were front lines when this wave hit. So, you know, we have, uh, we're unique in the, the fact that we have a night lounge. So we have a full liquor license where people come in at night dining in for desserts and cocktails. We have an entire wing of our business that is events. So you think of the nonprofit galas and the big weddings and a lot of that in town. That is one wing of us. We are wholesale to other restaurants in town. That's another revenue stream for us. And then we are your walk-in bakery where you, you know, you're feeling something sweet or you want to grab a dozen to head into work to celebrate a birthday, birthday cake, things like that. And so when the proclamation went into place on St. Patrick's Day, we basically lost three out of our four revenue streams just out from underneath our feet. So wow. six foot social distancing literally canceled all our events because you can have groups of more than 10 and you had the six feet in place. Also, it shut down event centers. So there wasn't going to be anything like a wedding, like a gala. 
we were shut down to serve on premise, which meant we could not have our night lounge open. We could not serve liquor or our night desserts to our patrons. No one could dine in. It had to be all curbside. And then when you think about the restaurants and what they went through, uh, we lost basically all our wholesale accounts because they didn't think they could, you know, afford to continue to do that without the uncertainty. I, I don't blame them for saying, hey, we're just going to not do desserts. That's an easy thing to to see. So with COVID hitting, I mean, we had to pivot extremely quickly to continue to hit those numbers. We unfortunately had to do layoffs and we had to do layoffs quickly because with the the night lounge being open, I I didn't have those jobs. So they all understood that. So the majority of our servers and bartenders had other jobs, but again, it's never easy to let a team go that's been with you and dedicated to you so we had to let that arm of our business lay those people off and then same with our our events team I mean if we didn't have the events and the production and the deliveries and the on-site setup and all of that we had to let those people go so basically what we did is we called a meeting pretty quickly for the staff that was left and said here's a whiteboard it's everyone's responsibility to put any idea to make income up on this board to keep us afloat. And that's what we did. We became a very lean, mean team to bring profit in the door. <laughs> As you have to do. Yeah. And really, everyone that I'm talking to on a daily basis, but also here on this podcast, everyone's having to pivot, but also everyone knows that people, especially in that anything that's food industry or event space or really, you know, really at the forefront. So one thing that many places obviously have done is then everyone's like, oh, takeout, everyone's getting takeout, but that only really can generate so much. What are some other things that, what, what are some of the creative ideas that came from those whiteboards then? Yeah. So right out of the gate, I mean, we knew that we had a couple holidays to be able to pull us through. So one thing I knew, um, and we kind of fell into this by mistake, is that the Friday before, we were supposed to have a group of kids come through from the school district and give a tour and talk about business ownership, and they always decorate a cupcake. Well, that was canceled. So I threw them all in a bag, and I threw it up online that we had a decorating kit to go, and it sold, and we had people asking for more. So knowing that people were going to be trapped in their homes, that became... Uh, something for families to do. You saw that spin off a lot with other people and make your own pizzas and things like that. But right out of the gate, we had a lot of success in that because it just took off. Um, But what we did is, you know, Easter was coming. So we put together, build your own bunny cake. And Mm -hmm. we did, um, instead of like doing in-person events, you know, where you come in and decorate your cupcake, we've always had decorating classes. We went virtual. So Everybody knows Tiger King was huge. So we did a Tiger King decorating class that had to make your own cocktail with it. We paired with um, Iowa Distillery and we did a couple different cocktails from their liquor where we did it online and you made your own. We delivered Easter eggs to people's homes the night before Easter. So you could just wake up and the Easter bunny came. (laughs) So we had 125 houses and Krem and their spouses running through yards dropping Easter eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We did COVID Mayday baskets. I mean, you name it. We literally were coming up with anything that we could to bring money in the door. 
Yeah, that that's a lot. It sounds, you know, <laughs> it in some ways that sounds really, really fun and kind of invigorating. And then at the same time, so exhausting. So I'm sure it was kind of a combination of, of both of those avenues of, of both, you know, both of those things. What do you see as we may be in this environment for a long time and really no one knows, but I think it's kind of hitting a lot of people where at different points in time where you feel really energized and lots of things that are positive about being in this environment, whether personally or business or whatever. But then it's just kind of at different points, people are just like, oh, you just hit a level of exhaustion. Where do you go from here? And you may, you're not going to have all the answers, of course, but what, what's next? So for us, you know, I think there has been some good things to, to learn throughout this. So for us, we had to cut back our menu. Mm. Uh, we just couldn't carry all the things. And what happened is we were carrying the things and finding out they were going to waste. But it's really allowed us to stop and focus and see back onto what sells. And so being, you'll see a lot of restaurants doing that. They're streamlining their menu. And yeah. that's because it's a higher profitability mark for them. Now, profitability margins for restaurants, 4%. So when I say higher, if they're hitting 4% versus like the 1% to 2% that a lot of them do, that's, that's good for them. Um, so that's been a really good thing for us to like take a time out, reevaluate what we're selling, reevaluate how we're producing things. Mm -hmm. So even the way we were staffing our store, being able to overlap or, you know, if we had people that weren't being utilized coming in right away, then what, what's the point of having them there unless we need something. So even the way we staff the store has been different. Um, the curbside carryout, like I, our team actually really didn't mind that being able to come out to our cars and service our customers better. Like that works really well for us. The customer service is high if they're picking up and they don't have to get their kids out of the car and we just place that cake in there for them. Absolutely. Like, sounds pretty good. You can just pull up and, <laughs> yeah. and go. So looking forward, I think, um, we'll definitely keep some things, especially like the online decorating classes. Cause if you came to our store, we could only hold eight of you for a class at the bar is kind of where you sat. When we did the Harry Potter decorating class, we had 65 decorating kits go out the door. Wow. So yeah. that would have been eight nights that we would try to make that income, but it was so incredibly fun. I can't tell you, like, I, I'm not even a huge Harry Potter person, but people doing this with their kids and seeing the pictures posted and how fun the family was doing something together and, you know, something finally seemed happy. So being able to keep those, I think will be huge. And then for us, you know, especially when we look at that wholesale arm of our business, it, it just has to look different now. So we've talked about some, cause we just can't move, move the same volume. Again, when you have restaurants at 25, 30% eating, Right. Especially when it gets cold, they're not going to have their patios. So I've talked about some different uh, ways, what that looks like, um, some different potential partnerships. So we are evaluating things. I think events will stay small for a while. So being able to still be profitable while producing like way smaller wedding cakes is a little bit of a challenge that we're working through right now. But mm -hmm prepping for what's coming versus reacting has been a little bit nicer because in the beginning we just had to react <laughs> right yeah yeah having a, yeah having a little bit of 
an idea of what's coming, even though it's not ideal. It's always good. One of the greatest things that talking about here and that you're just an expert in in general is having those multiple lines of income. And so for other business owners that may be listening or people that are struggling, like trying to create, you've got not just one line of how how you're making money right now. It, you you came up with a whole bunch really, of of ways that that that's able to happen. What is your favorite of all of those things? What do you really enjoy? Oh man, I I will tell you one thing that I enjoy and I miss. I miss seeing people in the shop. You know, I really like talking to the youth about potentially being an entrepreneur someday because I don't feel like it's something we talk about. You always hear, go to college, get a good job. Yeah. Uh, so I do miss having the kids. Um, and I say kids, like I should say that loosely because I speak usually all the way up to um, students at Iowa State um, about starting businesses and that potentially being um, a source of income. So I miss seeing them. I share my story a lot with a lot of people at events um, in a speaking capacity. And I miss that. I I miss the closeness of our team being able to work side by side. You got to, yeah. you got to spread out now. So even though we are <laughs> all there, we try to stay in our little bubbles um, at the shop, but the potential to be creative again has just like reinvigorated us. I think because when you do have a product that you do very well and you do it over and over and over again, you kind of lose that opportunity to be creative and to be able to see that spark in their eye of what can we come up with next to bring a new event in or something for the holidays. We're already talking about what that potentially looks like has been fun. So I, I feel like we still have the revenue streams. They just changed. You know, we, we, um, we're approaching wholesale differently. As I mentioned, we, for a while filled in for some pastry shops at restaurants that were laid off, um, which brought us some new things. The events that we do online is kind of a new way to look at supplementing those galas and those weddings that have downsized. And then our night lounge, we have been able to do, um, we call them uh, date kits to go. So it's yeah. a bottle of Prosecco and two desserts or, you know, a six pack of beer and two desserts, whatever that is to be able to recreate that date night at home for our, our couples or girls nights or whatever it is. has been fun. So we're coming up with new ways to stick to kind of those four buckets. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things for me personally, you're coming up with all these ideas. And I'm like, Ooh, I should try that. I should try that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think I've mentioned this before to you, but uh, a couple of years ago, I got diagnosed with all kinds of food allergies as just tons of people have in general anymore. Um, and can't eat a variety of different things, including gluten and eggs. I know that you guys have really done a good job of catering to those different environments of people will that be something that you're able to maintain going forward yeah so we have we have maintained our um, gluten-friendly desserts and our vegan um, desserts because there there just isn't a lot of options as you mentioned for that so we've been able to I would say I mean a high percentage of what we do is people with some type of food allergy of course we do the regular stuff but I would say our clients that have maintained are those same clients that have always had the food allergies so there's definitely definitely still happening we always good have the, <laughs> we have two gluten-free options daily unless they're sold out we always yeah. have the flourish chocolate port in the um we have a refrigerated case now and a gluten-free cupcake and then we always have a vegan cupcake and a vegan sugar cookie available daily until they're sold out that's good that's awesome so creme has been in business for gosh well 
a decade now or almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so through that period of time, what was a time where other than right now, because right now <laughs> everything's crazy for everyone, where you you had to pivot something about your business model or had to make some sort of change to really stay or become what you were, what you are. Yeah, I think, um, you know, so we started out of my home just doing cupcakes and we kind of stair-stepped into a smaller catering kitchen to a bigger catering kitchen after that. And then to our storefront um, on Ingersoll, we've been there eight years. And out of all the time prior to COVID that we made it through some really difficult stuff, I will say it was that first year we were on Ingersoll. Mm. So three weeks after opening my doors, I found out I was 11 weeks and five days pregnant, which was never part of a business plan for me. <laughs> Uh, I also was told it'd be very hard for me to have children. So the sheer shock that I was pregnant at all, plus I just opened this business was mind blowing to me. Yeah. Um, and at the time I worked with my, with my mom, so my mom had left her job of 23 years to be my first employee. And so telling her that, okay, we signed the dotted line to run this business. And oh, by the way, I'm three months pregnant. So we got to figure out how we're going to maintain this. Uh, she was awesome because she just said, well, you know, get a management plan in place. And by putting that management plan in place back then has been what has saved us to today. So I was able to really stop and like run the business and get assistant managers, a general manager in place, things like that, that you see so many business owners just begin hating their business because they're not working on it. They're just drowning in it. Mm, yeah, Really, really was key for us to make it as far as we have today. And after finding out I was pregnant the very, very next month, my mom actually suffered a massive stroke. So we had some major, just absolute blows just right out of the gate that should have sank us. But because we had put that plan in place for management and to keep all the plates spinning it's we we honestly should have went down in flames if we would not have had that plan in place but my mom she's recovered she did not ever come back to the shop today she's got lots of grandkids that keep her busy but her putting that in my head to get a management plan in place really kept us alive in a in a year you see so many businesses fail out of the gate and mm -hmm. a lot of times there's personal stuff happening behind the scenes. And if you're the solo trying to do everything, you can't survive. Right. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear she's doing better, but yeah, on top of that, those are things that, yeah, business owners don't, or they know they need to do, but a lot of times don't, you don't have the time. And so it doesn't get prioritized as the thing because really there's never any time when, you have, when you're starting a business. So that's such a right. good insight to be able to, force yourself to take the time to do those sort of things right out of the gate. And your team can do things a lot better than you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have expertise in certain areas that yeah. you think you're an expert at until you let go of it and let them do it. And you're like, Oh wow. Yeah. You know, And they, they really do. You know, I mentioned the whiteboard and the team adding to it. They really do want the buy-in of the company. I mean, keeping long-term employees, the more buy-in they have, the more ability they have to say, to weigh in on a company. It's, it's key. I mean, that's why I feel like we've had the longevity and honestly through COVID why I think we'll sustain because they all take this pride in ownership in the company. Absolutely. Yeah, that is huge. You 
having those key people like that makes a massive difference. Um, and that, that's something that, gosh, people are just saying right and left that's really held them through during COVID, especially in, in addition to all the everything else that tends to happen when you are a small business owner. In addition to those things, are there any habits, systems that you yourself or your business as a whole really, really values that have helped you get to where you are today? Because it's it's such a well-known, you know, you think of dessert places in the Des Moines area, and I guarantee you nine out of 10 people would, would list creme as one of their top couple options that they would list off as, as kind of a key staple local Des Moines place. So what has put you there? Well, I think... I don't think we ever take lightly that, you know, when you are celebrating something with a dessert, you will forever live in these picture books and memories of people. And that's something that really resonated with me early, early on that I don't take lightly. You know, it's not just another birthday cake. It's not just another gender reveal. It is you are forever in these people's picture books as a point of their, their memories. And that's how we try to deliver every single product. I mean, even at night delivering to the tables, this could be their first date and they end up getting married. Like mm. we've had that happen multiple times and it's not just another night out to these people. It's a, it's a pivotal moment in their, in their picture book that we will live on in. And I think that we, we bring that, you know, and knowing with COVID like these events at home, I mentioned, you know, the Harry Potter with family, like, all those pictures we will forever be part of that memory of COVID and them doing this. And that's where, where it really stems from. I mean, our, our mission is creating sweet memories that last. It's as simple as that, you know, because it's a sweet memory. It's something they ate. It's something that they retained in their memory and it's going to be there forever. And that's always our goal. That's so good. It's so meaningful. And it's so true. You know, then it may set me thinking through all sorts of memories that I have. And you do, you think of like, oh yeah, like that was such a cool cake or whatever it happens to be. The dessert is often, often if not always in a picture and then also tied to that memory. So that's mm -hmm. so good. If you could give us here one last thing, what is a piece of advice that you would have for other people that are either aspiring to become that business owner or maybe they're either they want to grow or maybe they're struggling right now and, and how to continue on and either start or continue on that business. I will give you, I'll give you separate pieces of advice. So the one for somebody looking to start a business is yes. that there's no better time to start a business than a recession. And yes, the word hasn't been used yet, but we are in, definitely in one or going to be in one coming out of this. Um, you only know up, right? I mean, if you're at right. the bottom, yeah, then you're going to come out of this. You'll only know forward. And honestly, that's why I started Creme when I started it. You know, I mean, I started in 2010 post-recession and I thought if I'm going to do this, I only want to know up. Little did I know a decade later, I'd be back down. But um, you chase harder, you work harder. And honestly, you can start to dabble in it too. You know, it can always start as something small. But if you feel like you're supposed to do something, that is never going to leave your heart, especially if you're supposed to do a business. And the piece of advice I got early out of the gate with entrepreneurship is if you started it, it wasn't for you. You can always go get another job. <laughs> so that's the piece I'll give them. Um, 
the ones that are struggling in business right now, wondering if they're supposed to continue or what if they want to grow or what they're doing, because I do deal in that world on a daily basis too, working with struggling businesses. They need to mourn the business that they had before because the business coming out of this will never be the same. You're not going to go back to a normal. You're not going to operate the same. Um, you have to mourn that business and put together a new business plan for this business that you're going to run now and allow yourself to dream, dream big in a new way. Just because you've done something the same way all the time doesn't mean it was ever the right way. You know, I mentioned streamlining the menus. So many people are finding yeah. out, oh my gosh, I should have never carried that product, <laughs> you know? And um, I think that there's a great opportunity for those that do want to stay in it um, to grow out of it. But I also don't fault anybody for wanting to not do it anymore. I mean, with homeschooling and caring for older parents, if they're, they're isolated, things like that have, has brought a whole new layer of personal responsibilities to a lot of business owners. And right. if they're not in debt with the business and they feel like they could just lock the doors on walk away without going into debt that's that's always an option i would never advise anybody to keep running through your cash flow to then eventually close so um lay all the options on the table and make the best decision that's right for you and your family because there is no wrong decision right now everybody is doing what is best for them in all situations of all all their life yeah that is such good a little bit of good advice for everyone and really good insight from someone that works in that area every day. So I appreciate that a lot. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing your story. And uh, if you have not yet, or if you are looking for something to do, what a great thing to do is to find one of these activities that you can either do with your kids or your spouse or pick up something just as a pick-me-up at the end of the day than to uh, be able to stop at Creme. Thank you, Christina, so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Amplify Iowa podcast. If you enjoy these stories, please leave us a review, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and follow Amplify Iowa on social media. A-M-P-L-I-F-I-A. Amplify Iowa, small businesses, doing big things.